Continue to expand this line of hard parts from bike stands to handlebars, grips, chains, sprockets, foot pegs, and lever assemblies to creative products such as its innovative boost wash stand, which we used all week down at Loretta's. Fly Racing designers are committed to making quality hard parts. Visit flyracing.com or you can check it out at your local Fly Racing authorized dealer for a full list of available Fly Hard parts. We just had a nice conversation with Mike Brown, who is, um, even though I raced with him in the Plus 40 class, he's still my hero, even though he... Um, Crazy fast. Super crazy fast. Another really fast guy who just doesn't seem to slow down is Barry Carson, and he joins us now. He rounded out the podium in the Senior 40-plus class this past week down at the ranch. Congratulations, Barry, or I like to call you Barack, and uh, welcome to Pit Pass. How you doing, dude? Uh, good, good. Just sitting here looking at the moon. Uh, it's... Uh, Good way to spend the night after a week of racing. Is there more to it, or are you just staring at the moon? I went to my house, so I went outside and uh, park out, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful moon tonight, so I'm just looking at it. All right. All right. Right. Sounds uh, really something. Um, congratulations on solid finishes at the ranch. Did you have a good time this year? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the weather was probably the best it ever was, except, you know, the last two motos of the weekend, and uh, we had a good time. Yeah, right. Yeah. You didn't race the last two motos, though. No, no. I actually, I had a buddy in the 45 uh, moto who's going for the championship and uh, won it in the rain, and then um, and then I watched the 65, and then I went over to the, uh, the trophy presentation right after that. So. Right. Barry, uh, you've you. We were talking with Mike Brown. We had Jonathan Grew on earlier as well, and just talking about um, you old guys. And I'm, I'm, I raced. I got finished eighth in in the forty class, so I can say I can call you old because I'm old too. But uh, you guys just don't seem to slow down much. How do you do it? Well, I mean, as far as me, I mean, I still race, you know, pretty much every weekend. Um, I just don't ride as much during the week because you work and stuff. So, uh, um, but I enjoy racing, and um, that's why that's why I like doing it. Uh, and I like winning, so <laughs> that that's, you know stands for itself, right there. So. Yeah, you're um, you're on a Suzuki. You're a Suzuki guy. I would be shocked to see you ride anything else. Um, you got to be ready for electric start, though. Are they, when are they going to – have you talked to the boys of Suzuki? When are they going to finally put an e-start on that bike, for crying out loud? Well, there's, there's definitely not going to be one for 2020, so uh, maybe 2021. Um, I, I, it don't really matter to me. My Kickstarter never failed me. Um, and I've, but I've seen a few starters fail, so, you know. I don't, Spoken I don't know. like a true gentleman that's never had e-starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you get it, it spoils you. It really does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I just afraid of these bikes, you know, maybe three years, four years down the road, uh, you know, how that starter is and the battery and, and all that, you know. So, you never know. Like you've ever had a bike for three or four years? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I do, I do, I do. Well, my bike right now is an eighteen. You know, I, I'm I'm usually a year you behind, go. but it's a newer one. But you know, I get better deals on the older bikes. So, so I do too. Yeah. I my line is, 
I go into the dealer and say, I want the oldest new bike you have. Right, right. Yeah, but that's because you're riding YZ 250s and YZ 125s. Now. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not changing them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Soon, so. um, we had Mike Brown on as I said. Uh, Mike Brown, 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 how do you fare with that? Obviously, you're you're good at it, but do you um, do you uh, do you something? Is there something different that you do at Loretta's than you do at a at uh, maybe some of your other local races that you hit or some of the other nationals that you hit? Yeah, I mean Loretta's. I mean it's a tight track, so I, I usually go up a gear in the back um, just because the straightaways are a little shorter. Um, it's always lonely. Um, you know, even, you know, in the morning it's lonely, in the afternoon it's lonely, and the last race of the day it's still got loom out there, so, um, you know, you, I up, you know, up the back sprocket, um, you know, I definitely try to find the long, the, the smooth lines, because the track, you know, it's a long moto, so I want to, uh, wear yourself out, and, um, it's, it's definitely different than, than a local track, you know, I mean, just definitely different for some reason, it's, the hardest, easiest looking track you ever rode. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing too. You look at the track. You're like, you're walking it, and you're like, "There's not one jump I can't do the first lap." What? There's nothing to this track, but it just races differently. Yeah, and like, yeah, I guess everybody Saturday and they walked the track, and it was, you know, it was concrete, and like you said, I think bicycles could do the jumps, and then you get out right. there in a moto and order before you race and. You're struggling just to do, you know, the Ten Commandments, just doubling them, you know. So, yeah. The first time I ever saw it, I was drove in there and I thought, oh man, all the hills. This track's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be in the hills. And then you park in the hills and you race on the flat. It's yeah, the same right. thing. I thought, oh, this is gonna be easy. And then ten minutes later, I was like, yeah, this isn't so easy. Yeah, it's just a different <laughs> deal at the Edison. You know, and I was I was uh, happened to be behind you in one of the sight laps that we had throughout the week, and and you, um, I don't know if this is the line that you took or what, but you, I was like, I'm going to follow him and see what he, you know, just because you're obviously better than me. You know, I finished eighth, so it's not exciting like like you, but you, uh, <laughs> but I'm following you, and you like zigzagged the entire. To the point where you cut me off and I had to slam on the brakes a couple times. We were just, like, riding around. Is that how you race? I mean, do you, like, ride clear outside and then dive in to, to hit the rut and that kind of thing? Or is it just maybe you're messing with me? I don't know. No, no. I was probably definitely looking at the track. Um, what, what happens is on a slight lap, you kind of know where you're going to go. So what you want to do is look at lines you wouldn't look at, you know, just in case they're better. So if you, if you walk on... Um, you know, so if you just ride the line you're going to take the whole race, then you're not going to be, you know, you're going to do that in a moto. So at least at least if you ride or look at some lines that you, you haven't took, maybe you'll take them in a race, and maybe it will be better or not. So. Yeah. But no, I didn't mean it. This gives you an alternate passing line. I know you didn't mean it. Yeah. I was yeah. kidding. Yeah. You know, it, um, what are your thoughts on... on uh, Mike Brown racing the the that class. I mean, I, I 
I put you in the same category as Mike Brown. I mean, you guys are both gnarly pros, you know, that, um, um, you know, could still probably qualify for an outdoor and do fairly decent. Um, but that's the rules yeah. that we set. And John, you know, I asked John about it, and he's like, hey, they've they've put the rules out, and he fits that criteria. What are your thoughts? You think there's, you know, there's, there's um, for me as a plus 40 guy, the, the, the 30 class is kind of gnarly. And those guys are are pretty aggressive, and I don't really want to have to race them. But it, in the 40 class, they race much differently. They give you a little bit more room, maybe not in the first lap or two. Um, but for the most part, they're not going to kill themselves to, to make a pass in the plus 40 class. But that but that comes with Mike Brown and Barry Carson, and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, it's... Um, do you think there could be another plus 40 class? Maybe that's, you know, for the rest of us poor slobs that don't uh, <laughs> don't have AMA uh, titles in their background. Yeah, hadn't scored, haven't scored points. Well, I mean, I don't have any AMA titles. I'm not a Mike Brown. I didn't, you know, I never had a factory ride. I did everything myself my whole life, you know, with racing and, you know, had support. Yeah. But no. Never, never, you know, never, never the, you know, the cream of the trough. But, um, no, Mike, Mike deserves to be there. Um, you know, if, if he wins with a 40-second lead on us, maybe he should ride the open ace pro sport. You know, I mean, I, I mean, some local races I go to around here, I can win with a 40-second lead, and it's not that fun. Um, so right. sometimes I, I go back and, you know, ride a 25-plus or something, you know, and, and then have some, some more battles. But um, sure. he won a plus five relatively easy. There was one guy, you know, in that age group that challenged him, and that was it. So, hey, if he's up in Canada racing nationals one weekend and then comes back and rides a 40-plus the next weekend, you know, good for him. You know, maybe maybe that's his weekend off, you know, to have fun. Right. Yeah, well, it was still a lot of fun racing with you guys. And, and uh, you know, I... I um, you know, I, I'm, I, I haven't raced Loretta since 2014 and just decided to do it this year. And, um, you know, it, already on the way home, on the drive home, talking about how, what I'm going to do next year. You know, how this is what I'm going to do next year. So it's so it's more fun. And, you know, and Loretta's is a whole different animal. It's, it's uh, it, you know, it's, it's just a neat event. And, you know, and I could... Usually I could take it or leave it, but I'm really excited about next year already. Well, and that's uh, it's great to hear uh, how well it went for everyone involved. I was just going to touch on uh, what you guys were talking about, the uh, be it Mike Brown, Barry Carson, or any other top guys. Uh, I think that's what every outsider, I don't get to race Loretta's. I'm not fast enough. I expect the best guys to be racing there, so I, mean, I think the country does. That's what uh, I would assume competitors do as well. I think it's mostly crybabies that don't that don't want to have to race for second place or even third place or fourth place. You know, uh, wouldn't you say that Barry? That, that a lot of the guys that are complaining about it are just the guys that don't want to have to race a legit rider like yourself or or Mike Brown or Jonathan Grew. I, don't, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, like I said, I race every weekend, and, you know, I go to New York, and I, I see a guy, and he lines up next to me, and he's like, dude, it's awesome. You know, like he's happy to line up next right. to me because I used to 
Ricky Carmichael, you know, or Jeff Emig, or and and you know they're excited to race me, you know, and uh, you know they should feel that same way, you know, if they're racing Mike Brown at a race or whoever, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. You know how dedicated that guy is, you know that you know he can still go that fast and be that old and and um, <laughs> and whip on us, you know. I mean, yeah, that's one of the watch- things I always liked about motocross is it's the most uh, it's the sport that it's it's it just it's your age group or it's your your classification. You know, I wasn't really even a, a big fan of when they started women's classes. I was like, hey, just they they can fit into their classification. I understand it now that it's more popular, but I'm talking about back in the '80s when they '70s and '80s when they first started having what they called powder puff classes. But I've never right. held it against anybody because of their age, because they're fast. You know, and I always think think the same way. I think. I think being you're doing it every weekend and that's your choice, you know, I'm glad that you're out there doing it. And and uh, I, I like it when I get to race with, you know, Trampus Parkers or you or, or you know, who, whomever, somebody that, you know, raced a lot of pro races. That kind of makes me feel good that, hey, I'm in the same race, you know. And it's it's kind of fun to, to race with, with people that obviously have had a very stellar career like, like you have. Yeah. I'm... It- the, the neatest thing about it is, like, guys come back, like a Nate Ramsey and a Todd DeHope, and they, they beat that one year, and they're like, uh, you know, like, it was a lot harder than they remember, you know, to come back for just one race and, you know, race three motors in one week, you know, in one short week, and, you know, and be competitive, you know. And um, I think it's neat. I think, you know, a lot of guys should come back and try it, and, you know, eventually if, if you know, someday they have a vet pro class or something like that, then then, then we can all race that too, you know. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that's that's a great thing to have too. And, and uh, I, I even remember back speaking to Todd DeHoop when uh, he came back and raced some of the, remember those, uh, you raced them with us too, the fall classics where they had four-stroke races and Todd DeHoop came and rode Husabergs with, with me on my team one year and, and he struggled at it because he couldn't start the bike and I actually stopped helping him start his bike a couple times during the race. Yeah. Oh, you no. remember those days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, I think it's always cool that you can come back and that's kind of what Loretta's is. It, and it's like I said, I've raced a lot of these guys over the years. Tony has. And, you know, I always think, man, when I turn... 40 you know, i used to be when i turned 30 i'm gonna really move up well jeff ward turned 30 when i did you know the same guys rick john we all turned the same ages you know so you're still raising the same guy so now i'm holding out for when i turn 60 <laughs> you know that's gonna be my year right <laughs> i don't yeah, think there's a 60 know. class here not at loretta's you'd have to probably go to the vet masters or something for that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the Racer X class, classes, I, I like to race those, and they have, you know, clear up to, like, 65, which is, I'll be, right. I'm 55 now, so I'm looking for the 55 class. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe just just need a, 55 now, I think, so they, they put another. Are you doing the Minios? Um, yeah, we've done that, um, that's one, that's one of my main races I do, Minios, Loretta's, um, Florida Winter Series, and then. And just a bunch of local races, you know, and, sure. and Daytona. Um, yeah, what do you think of that Daytona event? Um, it's neat. I mean, we go down, you know, watch the pro race, and then um, then we race our, you know, do our two days, and then um, my sponsor's kid, he's a he's a factory um, Red Bull KTM um, flat tracker, Danny Bromley, 
And, oh, okay, oh cool. yeah, that's right. Yep, killer kid. Yeah. So we stay and watch that, and then uh, head home Thursday night after that race. So it's yeah, that, racing and having fun. The, for me, I like off-road as much as I do motocross, so I, it's a bummer I can't do both because I like to do the GNCC, but then I'm not set up to do the, the rest of the Daytona Supercross, you know, the Ricky Carmichael race. So, but, uh, Maybe this year I'll, I'll do that, that vintage race interests me. I don't know if they're going to do that again, but i got a CR500 I'd like to race around there. That'd be cool. Yeah, we went, we went back on, um, that would be, what, Tuesday? And... Uh, and watched that, and uh, it was neat. Jeff Stanton was out there. Uh, I haven't seen him ride a motorcycle in years. And uh, another famous pro that I can be beaten by. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll show up just because he heard you were coming. Uh huh. <laughs> Barry, we got to go to break. I just want to say thanks for for the great week down in in um, Tennessee, and and you joining us on the show. Do you want to thank some folks that help you go racing still? Well, thank you for having me on. Um, I want to thank everybody for going to Loretta's and making it, you know, the, the best event, amateur event in the, in, in the world, actually. Um, I mean, it's top notch. Uh, and, you know, thank, you know, my local Suzuki deal with Bromley's. Um, like I say, the Arm Army and uh, Suzuki Contancy keeps us racing every weekend. You know, we make a couple extra hundred bucks every weekend just because we're on a Suzuki if we, if we do good. Arai. Scott, Dunlap, Decal Works, Twin Air, KPS Suspension, and Answer Racing, and Scott Goggles. So, thanks right. to all them. Help, they've been helping me my whole life, and pretty much in uh, my whole career. So, And hopefully I stay racing as long as I can. All right, that's been our, our guest, Barry Carson. Jack, we're going to take a break. Um, I want to thank Swell Vodka, six times distilled, six times filtered. Swell Vodka belongs in the well. Ask for it at your favorite spot, Swell Vodka. This is Pit Pass. We'll be right back from Pole Position, Grimes Island. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast 